Hello and welcome to a special bonus level of the Thoughts and Players podcast, a brand new gaming podcast with full takes and no strings attached. My name is Corey, no Jeremy, no David, but I do have two special guests with me. I have Never the Werewolf Joey. What up? What up? (laughs) David, all right, shout out to David right there. And I have always the yellow player, Cody. This podcast is going to be out of this world. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. So maybe you guys didn't get those references, but today we're doing a little bit different of a gaming podcast. We're doing the less electronical side. Electronical? Yeah. Electronic side of gaming. We're actually going back to board games, the original gaming. So uh, if you're still here and you're listening, please do listen because I think we're going to give some good takes on... So you want to start a board game collection. That's what we're kind of hitting you with today. We're going to give you a ton of great games that you can play uh, with family and friends. Uh, We're giving ourselves a $250 limit. But before we get into that, let's go. And uh, Joey, why don't you tell me a little bit about your little like gaming history? Uh, Well, my um, history with board games is basically I started with Monopoly and all those other ones. And then a couple years ago, we bought this game called Dracula, which is like a hidden movement game. And that kind of just started the whole thing. And I just, I love party games. I love deduction. I love deception, lying to people. I just love, I don't know. I feel like I'm not very good at video games. So I feel (laughs) like I like, I like board games because they're thinky and I'm a thinker and I just like that type of stuff. So. And you love you love being a sleaze ball in them, is what oh, you're yeah. saying with all the. Oh lying. yeah, I love lion lion games, board games for sure. All right, Code, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Um, my favorite type of board games are worker placement, but I'm also with Joe. I like deduction, bluffing games, lying. Um, I like I like card games as well. Those are kind of fun, but uh, mostly worker placement. The occasional co-op game as well. I know you two really aren't huge fans of them, but I don't mind them. So that's I might actually much have it. a co-op game on the list. Really? I mean, here's the thing. I'm kind of the same gamer. Um, I love choices in games. I love a game where it's like presents you with so many different paths, and you've got to try to decide yourself which is the best way to kind of win this game. Um, a lot of worker placement games I like, even though will I have one on my list? I don't know. But uh, we all started gaming together, so we game with each other. We might have a few crossover on this list, but I think even though we all play all together, I think we play different enough games, and we like different enough games that we might have kind of a unique list. Yeah, I for don't, sure, I don't think it's for sure. Problem. And I do want to say I got this. I got this idea from watching Rado, who is a YouTuber. Me and my wife's favorite uh, board game YouTuber. If you can check him out, and if he ever listens to this, hi Rado. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not familiar with his work but <laughs> he's amazing all right so i guess we can just jump into the list does anyone want to start off you guys want me to start off kind of pop the champagne or whatever i guess we can um who has the most games that one person should start that way right, we can just, definitely i do cool have the most games all right so first game i'm going to talk about is the newest game i think on any of our list um it's probably it's the second cheapest on my list at fifteen dollars. Wow! Um, and I have kind of grown to love it very recently. 
It is called The Crew. And we were just talking about co-op gaming. I'm not a huge fan of co-op ga- gaming, but this is a uh, a trick-taking co-op game. So trick-taking like hearts or spades where you have a deck of cards, you have four different suits and numbers, and you play a card down and people have to follow suit and the highest one wins. Those are fun games. This kind of takes that game and it makes it to where you're trying to win specific suits as a team. So it might say, hey, Cody, you've got to get the number two in the yellow suit. And even if you don't have that card, we've all got to work around and try to get it to you. Um, the game's been been really fun so far. I've been playing it with uh, my mom and my wife, and uh, it's very thinky. Now, my wife, Lindsay, she's horrible at the game, so we actually just lost last time we played. But it's very thinky. It's like a, it's almost like a logic team puzzle, which I really like. And a uh, very cheap game, uh, just a couple decks of cards, very easy to get into. But if you're used to those trick-taking games, I feel like this is a a nice like next step to get you into a little bit more of a broader gaming sense because it's trick-taking and it's co-op. And co-op is great when you're starting a board game collection. So uh, that's my first pick. $15, the crew, the quest for Planet Nine. All right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I enjoyed I mean, it. You guys, you, guys, you guys played it one time, right? A couple times? I enjoyed yeah. it when I played it. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. Okay. Um, Joe, why don't you go next? I think you have okay. the next most. I will go next. And my next game is $35. It is okay. Hidden, hidden Rolls. Play elimination, and it's a team-based game. It's five to ten players. Anybody got a guess? Secret Hitler. What? Oh, Secret Hitler. Yes, Secret Hitler, my number one game of all time. He loves this game. We all love this game. This is number one on my list. So I have a little bit of a description of it. I'm not. I don't. I went on um, BGG and um, had like a god description from it. So each player is randomly secretly assigned to a, be a liberal or a fascist, and one player is secret Hitler. At the beginning of the game, after all after roles are assigned, everybody will close their eyes. Fascist team will open their eyes, reveal themselves, and secret Hitler will put up a thumb that reveals themselves and will not know who his team is. Players will then open their eyes and play each round. A, ra- um, a random player starts with the play- president tile and will give someone of his or her choice a chancellor tile. Players will then vote on his team to enact laws in a random deck filled with fascist laws and liberal laws. It's elected. Um, president will then draw three random cards that say liberal laws and fascist laws and discard one and give to give to a chancellor to enact. After laws are enacted, everybody reviews that what was picked and try to figure out who is good and bad. There's added powers for the government as um, the game progresses. Fascist teams win when they have six fascist laws enacted or Hitler is elected as chancellor. Liberals win if five liberals' laws are enacted or, or they kill Hitler. Hitler. Now, it sounds boring as I'm reading it. You described it very boringly. E- yes, I know. Lie. It sounds like a, a political game. It's really not. It's basically you're just trying to figure out who Hitler is, and Hitler's trying not to get caught. And you're going through the game, and you've got certain powers, and, and you're just trying not to get caught as Hitler. You're just trying to catch Hitler. I mean, the reason I love this game is because it's just it's just so hilarious when yeah. when the game is when the game is being played. It's just it, it's always a great time. Well, like the thing about this game and I love this game, too. It could have easily been on my list. I figured it was going to be on yours. But the way to describe this game is like it's a hoop. 
You know, you're sitting around yes. with people you know, and and you know a couple of those people are actively lying to your face, or oh, sure. you're actively lying to them, and they're eating it up. You know. Oh, and you're pointing sure. accusations at someone else who is 100% innocent and you get the whole table to go on your side. It's just, it, like you said, it's hilarious. And there is that, like, you know, it's social deduction. So there is that sh- social aspect where, like, man, this guy's talking a good game, but is he lying? It's a, it's a great pick. It's yeah, a great yeah. Pick. I think we're and all... There's, and there's one point to the game thing. where... Sorry, go, go ahead. No, sorry. I was going to say another... Th- it's easy to learn... You know, anyone can just pick it up and learn it, you know, within five, ten minutes easily. Oh, so. for sure. You can play this with anybody. And there's one point in the game where you get to shoot somebody and kill somebody. <laughs> and nothing's, nothing's more hilarious is when you shoot the wrong person. And it's just like, man, I was not I was not bad guy at all. You shot the wrong person, dude. Yeah. And then it's even funnier well, when you find out that guy was Hitler. Well, I, I love I love the shooting aspect part, especially when you're the one doing the shooting. Because you have everybody just trying to convince you so hard. Like, he's the just bad guy. Begging. He's the bad guy. Yeah, you, begging. You have, Please don't shoot you, me. You have all the power. And you might, like, imaginary put your hands at somebody and then at the last second turn and shoot them. And everyone's like, why? And it's just it, – it's a yeah. great – it's a yeah. great party game. It's a great social deduction game. Highly recommended. Love that one. Oh, for sure. All right. That's all I got from that one. $35. Secret Hitler. All right. I'm up. All right, uh, the game I'm going to talk about is very similar. Uh, it's called <laughs> The Resist. You can get it for $20. Um, on Amazon, though, it's on sale right now for $17. Five to ten players. Takes about only 20 minutes to finish. Um, it's pretty much the same game as Secret Hitler, except for it's just basically just straight-up lying. Um, there's good guys and bad guys, just like Secret Hitler. You get down, dealt down face-down cards. You look at it, you figure out which team you're on. Um, when we close our eyes, two players will open it. You'll figure out who's on your team, and then you got to work together and trying to get the mission to fail, I believe, what is it, three times, five times? I think five times. Um, three, three times. You're trying to get it to fail. It three, three out of five. five. Okay. Um, the thing I love about the game is it's quick, and basically you're just lying to people's faces. you got to have you know a poker face in this game. You got to just be smart. You don't want to play the wrong card at the wrong time because then people obviously know who you are. Um, it's similar like Secret Hitler. So, Yeah, they're both pretty, uh, pretty much the same game. Uh, the Resistance is a lot more just strictly lying. So it, Secret Hitler's... It's, it's a lot more deduction for sure because Secret Hitler's got an aspect where it's kind of you kind of get lucky with the cards. This is yeah. not luck at all. This is just picking and lying. Yep. Which, is, say, what, which is what I prefer about this game, just because it's basically you got to use more of your words, convince people that you are not the bad guy. Right, and there's right, nothing sure. more. And at the end of the game, when you convince someone you're not the bad guy, you flip it over and you are the bad guy. So I just like it more than Secret Hitler just because of the word aspect. You just got to be smart with your words and you just gotta you gotta be good at convincing people that you're on the good team right right i'll say a uh a little pro tip for the people that are listening decide to pick up these games don't be afraid to throw your own teammate under the bus if you're the bad team 
team, right? You guys oh. would agree with that? That oh, is sometimes yeah. a winning strategy. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. In the game? Yes, I would agree. If you, you know, if they're already, you know, sus- a suspect, then you may want to do it. Don't do it too early because then you're just <laughs> going to mess your team up. But, right, right. Yeah, I would I recommend it. 20 bucks on sale right now for 17 Like, just like Secret Hitler, anyone can pick it up and learn it in five minutes and... I like it because you can play with a larger group. A lot of these games, you need, you know, two to five players mostly. But this one, you can play with up to ten players. So, you know, if you're at a party or something, you can get a whole group of people playing this, which makes it even more fun with more people. So, uh, I love it. I'm a party gamer, so I love it, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, it's a great game. All right. I am up next. All right, so I actually have a $40 game. This is one of my all-time favorite games. I've mentioned it, I think, on the regular podcast before. But I am going to go with Century Gollum Edition or Century Spice Road. They're technically the same game. They just have a different theme. Now, Century Gollum Edition is the much prettier game. It's the game that I own. Century Gollum is pretty much a game where you're building combos with cards. So you're trying to get these points cards, and they take gems to complete. You start off with very few gems, but you're able to do a couple things. You're able to get more of the weaker gems, or you're able to upgrade those gems. You can also grab cards that let you take those gems and trade them in for better or to upgrade them. So the whole game is you kind of like taking these cards and trying to find the perfect combo and the perfect engine to where you can just keep you know, taking a yellow gem, gem, which is the lowest, and turning it to a green, then turning that green into a pink. And now you can turn that pink into two green and two yellow. And you're trying to get these cards and just make a really awesome combo where you can just keep um, taking these gems and turning them into other things until you can eventually buy one of the golems at the top of the board where you get points. Um, it's a very quick game. It plays up to five, two to five players. It's a very pretty game. Um, I know you guys both enjoy this type of game, right? Yeah, it's eh. one of my favorite games, actually. <laughs> I like it. I don't mind it. It's I don't know. I, I don't uh, mind it. Okay, well, I like it. It's it's a game I like almost always go with first to teach people because it, it's pretty basic, but the underlying combos you can make are kind of you know I wouldn't say advanced, but they're there, you know, and you can it's actually a, it's, do it's some really cool and things. Strategic for sure. Which is like, like I said, with the Gollum edition, it's very, very pretty. Very pretty. So, um, and another reason I really enjoy this game is because it's actually in a set of three games. Um, Century Spice already has all three games out. It's like a trilogy, and Gollum is coming out next year as well. Um, you can combine these games. So if you buy Century Gollum and you end up really enjoying it, you have two more games that you can buy in that series, and you can combine them in any kind of order. You can combine the first game with the third game, the first game with the second, all three together. So you can take this very like simple starter game and make it, I think, into a much more complicated game. So it can kind of grow as you grow as a board gamer. So... That's my it's second like an pick. expansion, but you don't need the expansion. It, it, it's not, yeah, yeah. Like a lot of games, you can get expansions for them, which just add to that base game. But it's it's totally separate games. If you wanted to, you could just buy the second game and play that and be happy with it. But these games connect with each other and they expand into a totally, completely different game, which I think is pretty novel, especially for board games. And uh, I'm looking forward to get that third one. I just got the second one which I'm excited to put together with the first one and see how they play. But uh, first one by itself, I think, is a keeper and you should get. Yeah, I don't mind playing. I just I just suck at it. I think. It's not. <laughs> I don't like it. 
It's not for me. It's a, lot, I guess. it's a lot of it's a lot of board games. You know, if you're not yeah. good at it, it's like uh, let's not play that one <laughs> for sure. All, All right, right, Joe, your second one. All right, I'm next. All right, let me get to my notes here. All right, this next one is the most expensive one I think I've been talked about mm. yet. Um, it might be on both of you guys' list, to be honest. Um, I found it for $68 on Amazon. It is area of movement, hand management, betting and bluffing, two to six players. Any guesses? Cyclades? No, I got, I'm pretty sure I got the same game on my list. So. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yep. That's all right. Oh, it's uh, Western Legends. It's yes. Western Legends. Oh, man, talk this one up. I can't wait to talk about it. Go ahead. Okay. So, Western Legends is an open-world board game. This is, like, closest thing to a video game playing a board game that you can get, I think. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's like Red Dead Redemption. Board game. For sure. You can pick your own path to victory. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's basically, you get... Start of the game, you get to pick from historical figures such as Billy the Kid and like Wild Bill Hitchcock and stuff like that. And they have special abilities that help you within the game. And the object of the game is to get the most legendary points. And you can get these legendary points in tons of different ways. You can sit down and play poker. You can wrangle some cattle, dig for gold nuggets, or even spend your money at the, um, to get legend points at the cabaret. What do you do there? Oh, I don't uh, it's a kid's podcast. <laughs> I don't want to really say that. But. <laughs> and then you can also get points by become being a good guy and marsh with the martial um, track and arrest people and doing good deeds. Or you can be a bad guy, which I'm usually a bad guy, and become an outlaw by robbing people in banks and committing bad crimes. And then you can go to the general store and buy items like horses and maps and a bunch of other stuff just to gain points. It's... Basically, you can do whatever you want in this game, and you can win anyway. Yeah, I agree. And just like the other games, this game's pretty easy to pick up. Like anyone can learn it pretty quick. And right, right. No games, I think, is going to be the same. I think I played it five or six times now, and I well, try to do strategy every game. Yeah, you uh, you played the one where you just play poker, right? Like, played, you literally, you played the entire game just playing poker, which is, like, a very Western thing to do anyways. Yeah. So, so that, then, was, that was awesome. You yeah, become you a You know, you can rob the bank, like Joe said, and you can just, you know, try to get wanted points. And then that forces other players to try to become a good guy so they can arrest you to stop you from your wanted points. So... It's a really fun game just because there's so many different things you can do. And like I said, no game's going to be the same ever. Yeah, I think um, – oh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. I, I love this game because there's no set strategy. A lot of games, there's you got to have a set strategy, and that strategy mm -hmm. is the only strategy you can win. And like Corey said, you can play poker. Cody played poker, and I think he probably won that game. I mean, it, he, it doesn't matter what strategy you do. You can do any strategy, and if you do it good enough, you can win. <laughs> right. Um, what I was going to say is I like how, like, all the things kind of, like, interact with each other. So it's an open-world board game, but – you know, you would think, okay, hey, Cody's doing poker, Joey's mining for gold, I'm doing something else. We don't interact. But they kind of they kind of tempt you to interact. If you're getting gold nuggets, well, that guy can easily get points, but you can just steal from him. Yeah, you and can you rob him. You should just steal from him. You should rob him, you know? If you're the outlaw, you're getting points every turn. Well, no, I should become a marshal to stop you. 
And that will be kind of like my way of going about things. And the game also forces you down certain paths. They have like little story cards. So it says, do this on this turn, and you can read the story card. And there's bandits on the board that you can fight that no one controls. And I think the combat's pretty fun. You want to explain that real quick, Joe? So I don't steal all your thunder. Yeah, I mean, basically the combat is just you get poker cards at the beginning of the game, and you can pl- you do that to like, play poker. Or they got different, like it goes from the ace to the two. Um, they got the king, queen, jack, and all the other stuff. And basically the ace is the best card. So if you're fighting somebody and you're basically picking your best card and then whoever whoever has the best card wins the fight. But there's also powers on the cards like it cancels this fight. Like, well, like the, the, ace, the ace just gives you a, a victory point. Yes. So, ace, like, so do if you, you don't even want to be ace Ned or a mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want to use the ace to fight? Do you want to use it to gain a point? Or do you want to use it to play poker? Like, these ca- cards are so versatile, and they're, I don't know, it's just a fun uh, combat mechanic. Yeah, for sure. But um, Western Legends, I found it for $68 on Amazon. There was another one for $63. I didn't count that one, though, so I counted the most <laughs> expensive one. All right, fair enough. All right, Code, what you got well, for us? At the same game, Western Legends. It's Western. highly recommended. <laughs> Oh, it is it is highly recommended. I oh, figured sure. one of you guys would put it on there. It's my second favorite game of all time. Uh, do you have anything to add, Code? Oh, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about the store we could go to. Um, you can move around the board, but, you know, you want to upgrade your guy. You can buy different guns to help you in fights. You can buy horses to make you move further on the board, which comes in handy when you're trying to, you know, do the gold and all that. Right. Um, you can buy hats to help you in poker. There's just so much you can do during the game. Um, it's just, and like you talked about, Corey, like you don't have to interact with people, but you're going to want to throughout the game because right. if someone's gaining wanted points, you're going to want to stop them. And then you got to decide who's going to do it. Is someone going to sacrifice their game to become the marshal to stop them? Right. It's a game of cat house a little bit. So I mean, the best part of the game is interacting with people, I think. I think it's the best well, part is like, it's like, oh man, Corey, you got so many gold nuggets. I'm robbing you this turn, buddy. And there's nothing like, you can do about it. Well, Corey's like, like well, I only have a four in my hand. I have an ace, kid. I'm taking <laughs> you down. And, and like the it, cool part about that, it, it tells a story. You know, like it's not just like a game, a game with like mechanics where you're going here and just, okay, I'm doing that. Like it really feels like Joey's robbing me. I worked for these gold nuggets and now oh, he took sure. them. Man, I yeah. gotta get them back. You know, it's personal. I want those gold nuggets back. Yeah, and then the, there's you, vendettas. <laughs> I think this game picks the theme perfectly and it executes the theme perfectly. Like you feel like you're in the, you know, the Wild West. Like Joey said, you get your special characters that are known in history. And it just feels like you're in the Wild West battling people. So I feel like they depict it perfectly. Like, probably better than any game I've known for theme-wise. So Yeah, yeah. And, like, one more thing about this. I know we didn't go over this beforehand. I was supposed to. But uh, we're picking games to start a board game collection. So they want to be games that you can obviously understand. Um, Even though Western Legends has all these mechanics to it, and I think both of you have mentioned this, it's really not a hard game to play. You know, yeah. you have you you only have like two or three things you can do on your turn, and everything is pretty self-explanatory. If you want to play poker, you go to the section, you play poker, and it's it's poker. You know, if you want to mine for gold, you roll dice, and you get lucky or you don't, which is kind of thematic, you know. Um, and same thing with rustling cattle. You just go there, you pick up cattle. None of it is complicated, but it's very tactical. In like, you have to figure out, you have to know what other people are doing, and you have to respond to that. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. This is yeah. This is my number one recommendation if someone was going to oh. start a board game collection to get, just because okay. it's so fun, anyone can learn it, and it's just every game's different, which is what you want in a board game because it never gets to me it never gets boring i've never gotten bored playing this game once so yeah yeah, yeah. me neither i love this game and my top recommended game on the list for sure all right all right so let's see next up on my list i had 15 i had 40 i'm going another cheap game here i'm going 20 dollars. um this to me is um yahtzee but very strategic i am talking about the pelt so clever that's a German title for twice as clever. Uh, you guys are giving me faces. Uh, not the biggest fans. I don't mind this game. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, when I was going... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just saying, maybe because I'm not very good at the game. Okay. See, when I was going over my list, I tried to do a few games that people would kind of like easily recognize compared to games they've played before. Everyone's played Yahtzee. You roll dice, you have three rolls to try to get the best um, set of dice that you can get. Now, Twice as Clever is a little bit more unique in the fact that when you roll your dice, um, you obviously in Yahtzee, kind of like in Yahtzee, you always kind of want the higher dice. Um, when you take the higher dice, you have to get rid of every lower dice available. And that goes to your um, people that you're playing. So if we're all three playing and I pick a five, anything below a five, you guys have a chance to pick yourself. So when you're rolling your dice, you roll your dice and then you pick a, uh, pick a dice. You roll again, you pick one, you roll again, and you pick your final one. So you kind of want to have an escalation of better and better dice picks. You want to save that six for your last pick. But you might not get it on your last roll, which makes it really tough. And when you score on these, it's not as simple as getting like a straight or getting four of a kind. Each dice has a different color and each of those dice score in a certain way. So, yeah, it's a little bit like Yahtzee, but with way more strategic value, in my opinion. And if you played Yahtzee, I think you can understand this game. Um, this is actually the second game. Um, there's a game called You're So Clever, which I have not played. I just saw this one in the store and I picked this one up first. I think this one's even more strategic Really love this game. One of my top, you know, 25 games because we do that list every year. But, uh, yeah, I recommend this one. And uh, if you do get it, go Yellow Dice Strategy. That's that's the one that wins. Oh, for sure. Oh, always wins. For yellow, you said $20 man. $20 was this? It's $20, $20 yeah. yeah. That's worth it for $20. Was it worth it? I would say it's worth it for $20. <laughs> now on to our uh, favorite segment, Was It Worth It? Dope Health So Clever. Jeremy? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> I found it worth it. I like the game. Yeah, I don't mind right. it. It's not bad. I don't. I have a good time when I play it. Okay. All right. That's all I like to hear. All right, all right, go next. on, Joe, so I can so I can dog your game. Oh, game. you're gonna dog this one. You're gonna yeah, dog this to one dog for it. sure. You probably already know what it is. That's how bad. bad how how really? much dog it? Um, it's a hit and roll again. One of my favorite types of games, obviously. There's a traitor in this game. Oh, it's a really? Party game. Again? Yeah. Um, three to ten players, twenty four ninety nine. Any guesses? Oh it's yeah, be werewolf. Do the howl. Oh yeah. Ooh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's one night werewolf. One night werewolf. Promises he's uh, not the. I... I'm sorry. What? Go ahead. I just said you promise you're not the werewolf. <laughs> I am not the werewolf. Never the werewolf. Um, Never. One night werewolf is another hit and roll game, and it's this time there's a lot more rules in the game, like a werewolf. The seer, the robber, 
Troublemaker, the drunk, the regular villager, and tons of more. The good part about this game is you can pick your own roles in the game to make it as fun as possible for you. So you don't have to have a troublemaker in the game if you don't want to. Um, and I, there's another game out there, like, it's called Ultimate Werewolf, which I love that game a lot. But in that game, you need a moderator. And I'm usually the moderator, so I don't get to usually play. I, I, I like being the moderator, but I like to play. And this one, there's an app, and that moderates for you. And there's also no rounds in this one like regular werewolf. It's um, it's just one round. Try to figure out who the werewolf is, and um, or the werewolf team wins, basically. So, basically, I love this game because it's just it's so quick, and it's it's just it's it's so fun. Like every game is it's it's normally the same. Trying to figure out who the werewolf is, everybody's lying. Trying to figure out what it is, but it's just so quick that you could just play it again. And if you and the best part about this game is if you mess it up, mess up the game. A lot of games, if you mess up the rules, it's like, oh man, I, the, the whole game screwed up. This one just up, messed it up. Sometimes it makes it even funnier when it when it's messed up, like <laughs> like when someone doesn't no one, understand no one their was role a werewolf or something. <laughs> yeah, no, no one was a werewolf or no one understands their role. You were supposed to look at me when you when you opened your eyes and you didn't, and it's kind of funny when that happens. It's one of those games where it's just it's just laid back. It's not that big of a deal if, it, if the rules are messed up. It's not that big of a deal if you win or lose. It's just just fun. The, the very first time we got this game, or Corey, you got this game, remember, we played this game for, like, four hours that night. We yeah, probably we played, played it, like, 80 times. Probably about 80 games. 80 yeah. times in a row. I'm, say I'm still not sick of this game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like oh, Joey's someone's sick of it. <laughs> yeah, I know you're sick of it. But the, be the best part about this game, you can play with anybody. You can play it with... I played with my nieces. I played it with little kids. I, I, you can play with anybody. It's just you don't have, have to have a lot of strategic mind to this game. And like you said, it's so quick. So like, if you literally brought it out, I would play it, even though I'm kind of sick of it. Hey, man, the game takes five minutes, you know, and it's and it's funny. So why not play it? For sure, for sure. Now I will say this: when starting a board game collection, I don't know if I recommend having two hidden roll games I only, in that I only, I only put Secret Hitler on there because that's my favorite game. And Space I, is I so limited, Joe. I understand that, game. but it's a little bit different, I think. It's it's different. They're, they're pretty... Eh. Werewolf Where? has a lot more roles that you know you can kind of explore and kind of have fun with. But yeah. I see you, have to have two, you have to have two party games in there. You and Secret Hitler's two. five to ten... Secret Hitler's five to ten players, so <laughs> you're not always gonna bring that one out. You gotta bring Werewolf out three to ten. Twenty four ninety nine. Secret um, Werewolf. Ultimate Werewolf. One night. All right. <laughs> I had to put it in there. You know. All right. I, I know. There. I know you had to. We all you guys would be surprised if I didn't. But this game might be a shock. You guys, in my next game. All right. Ooh, it's thirty dollars. Right. I believe. I can't read my months. handwriting. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's on sale for 28 Once again, bad handwriting. Uh, three to ten players. Any guesses? Three to ten? What in... What in tarnation? And Is it... Uh, One Night Werewolf? No, please. Thank you. <laughs> Which, what is it? It's Super Fight. Super... Uh, Ooh, yeah, you know what? That is I almost an amazing had, pick. I almost had this game out here. I almost had it on here. Another game when we first got it, we played for a very long time. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. 
the game's played is um, there's white a deck of white cards and a deck of black cards. The white cards are your characters, and the black cards are the powers. So to start the round, you draw three white cards, and they'll have different characters on them. It could be anything from Freddy to a pet rock or just a head or Godzilla. It's just all over the place with different characters, which makes it fun. So then what you do is you pick a character, and then you draw three powers, I think, and then mm -hmm. pick one of the powers you want. So it could be anything, once again, from laser vision to controlling nature, all that, you ten of them. Um, but the fun part about the game is, after you pick your power, you are then randomly given a power that you have to keep no matter what. So your Godzilla may have a hundred of them, but they'll have, they can only move when their eyes are closed or something like that. So is your guy really that good? Not really, but... The way the game's played is you take your hero and you face them against another person's hero. And then they'll have a character as well with certain powers. And then those two players argue about who has the better better character and then the table votes on it. It's a real simple game, easy to learn, and the combinations are endless on which characters will have what powers. And it's just hilarious because I think one time we had a rock win. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> It probably doesn't make any sense, but this game, it can make sense because your rock will be, you know, overpowered with great powers. So right, right. it's just, just fun just because there's so many combinations and it's a quick game. So, you know, you can run through rounds, no problem. Yeah, for casual gamers, it's kind of like car um, Cards Against Humanity, but with fighting, I think. Right, apples right. to apples or something like that. Um, yeah. And like you were saying, it's great because it's a debate game. You know, you put your heroes out, you give them the best power you can think of in your cards, and then like you said, you might be given the worst power possible. And uh, everyone votes, and if that character ends up winning three fights, they're like, what, legends, right? Is that what we call them? Yes. Like they win, yes. they're like yep. legendary status. And like that guy's like immortal. <laughs> you know, like, like you said, we still remember Pet Rock, and that had to be like... Oh my, like six, seven, eight years ago or something like that? Rock, baby. It's a little bias from, on some votes. Which yeah, is yeah. You, 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 start, you, you start rooting for a guy. You know, Pet Rock is this unlikely hero. He wins a match. You're like, you know what? Yeah, he would beat Darth Vader. <laughs> Pet, Pet Rock, Rock would. Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah, he would beat Darth Vader. Are you Vader. kidding Why me? He? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, There's and so the Iron Giant would beat Abraham Lincoln for sure. <laughs> Yeah, oh, expansions towards the game so you know you can just keep buying different cards and adding new characters adding new powers to the game the game i mean we don't really play it now but i think it's a great pickup if you're getting into games and we played this game for a very long time when we first got it so i don't think you'll get bored with it you know too easily um but yeah it's just fun so i would recommend it Oh, for sure. no, good pick. It's fun when it's, it's a fun our, drunk game for sure. Yeah, one of our all-time <laughs> added the were the legend versus the legend. It's not in the rule book, but you face your legends against another person's legend in a little mini tournament to figure out yeah. who's the legend. Who's and the ultimate legend? Upset when their legend gets knocked out by some stupid rule or some stupid power. You know, and then you start really fighting. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Super fight. Thirty dollars. 
Yeah, I almost picked this one. I almost picked that one. Hey there, players. We are excited to say that Thoughts and Players is moving to one podcast episode a week with the addition of bonus levels. Every other week, Corey, David, or myself will discuss a single gaming topic that intrigues us. It could be something current or something totally out of left field. Some levels may have all three of us, two of us, one of us and a special guest, or we may ride solo. Either way, we hope you'll listen and contribute to the conversation. Thanks for tuning in. And now, back to the show. All right, gentlemen, I got another $40 game here. And I have, which I think is a, which should be a staple in all board game collections, I have the racing game. Now, there was a couple good choices to go with here. Maybe you guys picked one, maybe you didn't. But I picked my personal favorite, which is Downforce. Now, Downforce is a two to six player game. That only takes about 45 minutes, so it's very quick. But I love this game because there's a little bit, there's a couple different aspects I really like. I like how when you start off, there's six cards or cars and you're bidding on them. So it has a little bit of that bidding action of how much do you want to pay for this car? And if there's less than six people in the game, you could win multiple cars. And the way you're trying to win these cars is by using your hand of cards that you have. And each of your cards in your hand have different colors on them relating to the cars. And it has a number. It could be one through six. And the higher the number, the more spaces that car moves up on the board. So if you have a bunch of blue cards in your hand at the top with the number six, you want to win that blue car. Um, Or if you have a bunch of orange cards and you end up winning that car, Cody, I still might be okay with uh, betting on it because that's another aspect of the game. You bet on these cards cars wow yeah as you go around the track when they hit certain points you make a bet on them so i'm not always moving my car i'm moving everyone's car almost every single turn and you're just trying to get to the choke points of the map and um yeah it's just a very simple game the map's fun uh, you're moving along these tiles it's a it's a brightly colored game it's fun to look at on the table um downforce good racing game i recommend it yeah and it's kind of say uh, when you're in tight corners and your car is ahead of the other car, sometimes there's only one seat tiles, and then you play their card and they can't move because there's nowhere to go. So there's a little strategic to it too. Right? Yeah, we- yeah, yeah. I would say it's probably my favorite racing game out of the ones we have, for sure. And it is a little more strategic than, than it's given credit for. I think for sure. Because even if your car doesn't win, you can still win the game. Yeah, it's hard, but I've won betting on other people's cars. I think only one time, but if you think someone else is going to win because you have a a hand of cards in your hand that have a certain color on them, you can say, okay, every time that car goes around a corner and we have to bet, I'm going to bet on that car to win first place. Because at the end of the race, you're looking at what car you bet on. You're looking at how much you spent on your car, and you're looking at what place you came in. So first place gets X number of millions of dollars. Then you minus how much you paid for that car, and then you add up your betting totals. So even if your car doesn't come in first place, you can still win this game, which is which is kind of cool, which you don't see in a lot of racing games. Yeah, for sure. So, no, I, I, I like it. That is my most recommended racing game, followed closely by uh, Camel Up. Yeah. <laughs> Can't love it. Played too. Played. Played too much. Yeah, he probably got played too list. much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm next. Yep. Yep. All right. 
My next game is $49.99. It's a worker placement, um, point-to-point movement, and set collection. Anybody got any guesses? Yeah, this is Parks. Parks, for sure. Parks. <laughs> this is one of my most recently bought games, and I bought it probably like two months ago, and I played it. Me and my fiance has probably played it like 20 times, like 20 or 30 <laughs> times. How many, times, how many times by yourself? <laughs> I, it is one to five, one to five players. I have played probably five times by myself. Okay, it's, nice. It's a solitaire game. Um, basically what Parks is, it's a game where you hike along a point-to-point path through the different types of seasons, terrain, such as mountains, valleys, and oceans. And um, you collect these resources and take pictures. Collecting the right type of resources in a certain set, of set can help visit national parks to score points. Um, a little more difficult than it seems because you cannot go to the same t- terrain area as an opponent until he moves or unless you are uh, unless you use your campfire. And you can only use your campfire once per round. Um, the game is played over four rounds and every round a new terrain is added and the path will change each round. person with the uh, most points on their collected National Park cards at the end of the game wins the game. Um, basically, I like this game because it literally changes every single time. Because what you're doing is you're suffering these terrain tokens in, um, these tiles in, and you're laying them across the board, and it's going to change every time. So you might be going to the, your first game, you might be going to the ocean every time on your first, on your first tile, and then your next four games, you might never see the ocean till the end of the, the um, um, path. So it's just, it's really strategic because you got to think on the fly. Yeah, and then also, uh, you can buy what certain gears is it that? Oh can yeah, help? there's, yeah, there's yeah. um, you get uh, gears you can buy who can help you um help with the set collection, and then there's like um different things like um canteens who like if you get water you can fill up your canteen and then you can get um certain powers with that like more um resources and stuff like that. Right, and, and then just, there's, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say there's also these. I don't know, little wood pieces that are beautifully made. They're shaped like animals. It just adds to, you know. Oh, yeah. I was going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) Corey always says this. This is probably one of the most beautiful games you will will ever buy, honestly. No, listen. It really is. Like, so they have, do they have every national park in the United States? I think so. I think they do, right? Yeah. So they have um, just these beautiful illustrations of all these national parks. And those are the cards you're trying to win. And like Cody was saying, um, you know, the pe- the pieces that you collect, you know, you got to collect fire, you got to collect water, you got to collect wood. They're all these wooden pieces that look just like that material. Um, your little hiker piece looks awesome. Just everything in this game uh, is quality. It's a very beautiful oh, game sure. to have out on your table. If you're going to start with the board game collection, you want games that look really good and they play really good. And this this hits both. And for a worker placement, I think it's probably one of the easier ones to learn because worker placement can get a little more difficult. You know, as you're going along, but I feel like this. The more, the more I, yeah, the more I read this game, it's not even like a worker placement to me. It's kind of like just a a point to point movement. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, It's just moving across the path. Yeah, it's moving across the path, but it's 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 done beautifully. I would say. I think it's just a great game. It's one to five players. (laughs) If you if you're a loner and you want to just play it by yourself, I've played it five times by myself. I love it. And like you said, you gotta you kind of gotta be strategic because if you really want a mountain piece, you know you want to risk jumping ahead further, or someone else yeah. can take 
spot and then you know you're in trouble so it's it's pretty strategic you just got to be careful on how far you move your guy up you know you don't want to send them all the way down the trail right away yeah it's thinking on the fly because when someone gets to that mountain before you, you're like oh man i really wanted that mountain piece and then it's really sucky when the one person goes to the end of the trail picks up your national park and you're like man i worked all my <laughs> Worked my butt off to get them resources to get that national park, and you just took it from me. That's it's, messed up. But it's a it's a it's, really simple game. But the decisions you make are so stressful because, like you said, once you pass a spot, you can never return. Like you can only move forward oh. in this game. So you got to determine how far advanced you want to go because if you don't, if you take too long, if you're going slow, someone's going to jump ahead and end the round before you can get everything you want to do. So great pick, good game. Yeah. yeah, there's also sure. two pieces that you can move on the trail at the same time. So not only right. not only stressful moving one, you got to move two. And then once the last player finishes, if you're not through the trail, you're automatically done with the trail. So you don't want to be so far behind that you won't get your pieces. So, yeah, it is a great game. Yeah, for sure. I love it. Played it 100 times, and I'll probably play it 100 more times. 100 <laughs> more times solo. All right, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, what game is this for you, Code? Is this your last one? No, this is four. I got two more. Okay. Okay. This one and one more. All right. Uh, I also have a worker placement. Uh, it's Ooh. $60. On sale right now for $45, though, on Amazon. Um, Pick it up. Um, takes about 90 minutes to finish. Any ideas? I'm sure you guys know. This might be on my list. Oh, no. No way. Uh, no way. Uh, how many? No, players? never mind. Two never to mind. what? Never mind. It's I was four. thinking something else. Two to four? This no. might be on my list. <laughs> is this Dinosaur Island? No. Okay. All right, go ahead. Tell it us. Is, uh, it's Zulkin. Z Joey, this is on your list, correct? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not on I thought it was list. something else. <laughs> uh, it's Zulkin. Uh, it's a great game. Like I said, it's a worker placement. Uh, I find it really strategic and has a really cool aspect to the worker placement. Um, you start with three workers in the game, and the way you place them is there's five different spots you can place them. Each all do certain things. Um, there's you can get corn, which you got to feed your workers every like seven turns or so, and then uh, I believe it's three corn per worker that you got to feed. Um, there's the corn. There's the goods you can get like wood, steel, gold, um, or a skull, which I'll explain in a minute. Um, there's another, uh, thing where you get buildings and stuff where like little cards that can help you feed your workers, or you can move up this God track, which give you points. Um, there's another board that helps you just do like miscellaneous stuff. Like you can get an extra worker, you can trade corn for goods and things like that. And then there's also the skull board. When you get a skull, you move around this board and you place a skull and you get points and you move up the god track. Now, what I love about this game is you place your worker in the slot. And as turn goes on, the slot moves and it moves you up further to more important things. So you may put your guy on the three corn, but if you leave him on the board for four turns, you may be able to get nine corn, which is super helpful. So you can feed more workers. But the risk is you're leaving your guy on the board. You can't place him in another slot. Um, I find it to be the most strategic worker placement game we have. And like I said, it kind of changes every time too. There's also the God track, which you move up the board 
and then uh, you can get certain goods throughout the game, and then it also gives you points throughout the game. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can play this game, but I just love the aspect of just moving on the track itself. And then you either have to place workers or take off workers during your turn. You can't take off and place. So you got to be real strategic. If, am I going to place my workers this turn or am I going to take off my workers this turn? So you got to be thinking, you know, three, four moves ahead while your opponents are doing the same thing and taking your spots away. So to me, I don't know. It's my favorite worker placement game. Yeah, yeah, this one hit it on the head. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, this one's stressful, man, because <laughs> it's it's really you gotta keep track of your corn. If you don't have enough corn, you your guys starve, and it's just like, man, this <laughs> this one is stressful for sure. I like um, it. I, I I like it a lot too. I'll say, like you had just mentioned, the coolest part is you really do have to think four, five, six turns ahead because, like you said, you only have three workers. You can only place or take off workers, and you have to do one of them. So if you place all three workers, the next turn you have to take at least one off. So you are strategizing, okay, I'm going to place this guy here and that guy here, but I'm going to take one of them off next turn so that guy can keep going. It's it's a great game. Very, very strategic. Um, if you're starting a board game collection, make that the last on Cody's list so, you, yeah, so, you're, in, so you're in the zone a little bit. <laughs> that one another, is, cool uh, part of, another cool part about it, though, you got to kind of go on every board, I think, right? Because, like, yeah. you need some things to do other things. Like, you need corn to do this. You need that to do yeah. that. It, it's, yeah, you got to sure. go on every part of the board, I feel like, to have right. a shot to win. You need the materials in order to build the building. So, right, yeah, you got to do that. And then you need the skull, obviously, on the other board to do the skull board. So, yeah, there, yeah, you constantly going through different boards and doing different things. So, it's one of those weird worker placement games where actually having additional workers may hurt you, which is kind of mm -hmm. strange for placement. Because most worker placement games, you want as many as possible. But this one is you have to feed them or else you're going to be minusing points throughout the game. So you got to be real careful on that, which is kind of cool, too. That is cool. Yeah, for sure. All right, gentlemen. I'm going with another $40 game. And if you are going to start a collection, I would say this is the very first game you should buy because it happens to be one of my favorite games of all time. An easy game to get into. Um, and I'll just say it, it is Deception. <laughs> Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. So now we have all done a social deduction game. I appreciate you guys staying out of my way and letting me have my by myself. I will say, I almost put this on my list, and I was like, you know what? You I knew. Know you gonna, knew. I know Corey's going to put this on his list, so I'm going to put Werewolf on there instead. But right, so, go ahead. <laughs> I love this game. So this game plays, what does it play? It plays 4 to 12 players. And this is one of those rare games where if you have all 12 players, it, it plays amazingly. You want as many players as possible. Um, but let me explain what the game is. So pretty much you're handing out four cards that are murder weapons in front of every player. And then you're handing out four cards that are clue cards, a clue that the murderer left behind at the scene in front of every player. And then you're handing out a roll card. This one is kept secret. So everyone on the table is going to get an investigator card except one person who's the murderer. And the person passing out the cards is the forensic scientist. He asks everyone to close their eyes, and he tells the murderer to open their eyes. Murderer opens their eyes, and they point to a murder weapon just in front of them and a clue just in front of them. And then they close their eyes. They tell everyone to open their eyes. And now there's one murderer who's picked his weapon and his clue, 
and there's nine or ten other people that have no clue who it could be. Then the forensic scientist is trying to explain to the other nine people, hey, I need to point you in this direction because they're not allowed to talk. They're not allowed to give clues like with body language about who it is. So they have these kind of cards that might give very um, – they're not great clues. It might say like, hey, what was the time of day at the murder? And it might say morning, mid-evening, uh, nighttime, something like that. And the clues look like that's not going to help at all. But if the murder weapon was an umbrella, maybe you pick, hey, it was daytime. They were keeping the sun out of their head, out of their eyes. So this guy has six <laughs> cards to try to point you towards both the murder weapon and the clue given. And the whole time, everyone around the table, including the murderer, is trying to um, do, deduce who it is. So the murderer knows it's him, but he might look at someone else and say, hey, that clue that that forensic scientist gave actually fits with this guy. He knows it's not that guy, but he's pointing that way because he doesn't want people to look at him. And it just makes for great table interaction. Everyone's talking. Everyone's discussing. And the hard part about social deduction is not everyone really likes those games because if you end up being, you know, Secret Hitler or the werewolf or the bad guy in the resistance, it's very stressful. Very stressful. And not everyone can take that. This game is more like if you're the murderer, you can kind of chill back, relax, and kind of point your finger at other people without having to kind of stress about it too much. Yeah, um, I was gonna, I was going to say that too. That this game is just any role you have is fun. It doesn't matter. Like with Secret Hitler, like if some people don't like being Secret Hitler because they, they don't like they don't like lying. But this one, you could be the murderer, like you said. You can lay back and just, just let people do what they gotta do. And then if you're the investigator, you gotta figure it out. And then if you're the um, the other guy, the forensic scientist, you gotta help people figure it out. Every role is great in this game. Yeah, and uh, I think. On the word go, the first clue, everyone's talking. Um, you know, not saying that they don't do that in resistance, but resistance, it might take a couple turns till you kind of figure out what's happening. Same thing with Secret Hitler, you know, you're kind of taking a few turns, like, okay, let's uh, visualize what's happening and then we'll talk. Deception, that first clue, you're like, you're looking at all the murder weapons. Okay, it could be this, 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 or this. And it's just a great game that's always different from game to game because you're going to get different murder weapons, you're going to get different clues, and the forensic scientist is going to get different cards to uh, give out, clues to give out. So it's just every game is different. It's fun. we played this hundreds of times, I believe, at this point. Uh, start your collection with Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. Yeah, I think the funnest part about this game is you kind of, as the murderer, you kind of want to pick similar items as the other people in the game. So, you know, if you got an axe, someone may have a machete. If you pick that as your murder weapon, you can easily pinpoint the other person as the murderer and be like, hey, you know, like, yeah, hey, he can kill him, you know, with the machete. Mm -hmm. The funnest part is rallying the troops to get on your side. <laughs> right. Pinpointing right. someone else. And clearly, you know, it's not them and getting other people on your side to do it. But, uh. Yeah. If you do mess up picking wrong clues, you can get picked pretty fast. I think the record's, what, two turns of getting caught? Yeah, two turns. Sure. Joey, my yeah. man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I would say this is one of the one of the most perfect deduction games because it's like if that if that um, forensic scientist pinpoints you and you pick the wrong clues, you're screwed, man. And like at, like you were saying, and you, all and the you roles, know it. <laughs> and, and all the roles are really good. Forensics, I mean, they're all fun. But as forensic scientists, when you're giving those clues, you're really, like, telling your own story. Like, 
the murder weapon yeah. and clue might have nothing to do in common with each other, but as that clue giver, you're you're telling the story. And when someone figures out, man, it's like one of the best feelings when someone like gets you so much. They like read your mind almost in terms of what you were trying yep. to say. Yeah, feels great, man. It's also frustrating when they don't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is frustrating. I painted a great picture. Sorry, what code? Saying I don't have a good track record with forensic scientists, according to Corey. No, you uh, do not. That's because you you're suck, terrible. But it's all right. <laughs> all right, Joe, you, go ahead. You're better at other games. All right, my turn. <laughs> all right. This next one is my smallest game on my list. Um, it is twelve ninety nine. I found it on Amazon. Um, it is two to four players. It's a cooperative game. Anybody got any guesses? Uh, oh, yeah. I do. The, the crew. The mine. The mind. the mind. Oh, good one. Now, this is kind of a filler game just to because I didn't have enough money. But this game is pretty good. <laughs> the Mind is basically a cooperative game where cards are passed out to each player and the cards go from 1 to 100. And obviously, the game is worth together um, to get those numbers in order. Um, it's a quick game, team building, and as the game progresses, more cards are passed out to make the game harder. Basically, that's Joe, what it is. What, 1 to 100 is easy. What's the challenge? Yeah. Yeah, it's not that easy because it's just going around the room and you're like, man, does this guy have one? I have two. Do I place my number two down well, really, that quick? Well, I, think or, you, I, think you forgot, I think you forgot to say is, did you say you can't talk? Oh, yeah, I forgot. You can't talk. <laughs> it's like you've got to place you can't one say, to 100. You, exactly. You can't say I have number two. I'm going to place number two. Exactly. You can't talk. You can't even, like, use head movements. You can't use eye movements. It's literally like they try to play it like you're a psychic. You cannot say anything or give anything away. You're placing cards 1 to 100 without any sort of clue. The The fun part about this game is, like, so let's say someone sets down a 20 and you got, like, a 35. You're sitting there, like, wondering, because everyone's sitting at the table for a while, wondering, is my card the next one in order? And then it just gets kind of tense. And, but so, sometimes you just know, you know, like your card, like you end up getting a rhythm when you know your card's the next card. I think we got through all seven rounds, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. I think we beat so, the yeah. game one time. And yeah. I think I think you had said it, but just to make sure, like you don't get all 100 cards. Like no, the first round, you only get like maybe four like cards. Four. So I might have number 10, and I don't know if I should set that down right away because what if someone has seven, you know? And it's just... It, and like you guys said, you get better as you play, which is weird. You it's just like you start, it, you're just looking at people and giving awkward looks. Like, are you going to play your card or not? Because I got a 99 <laughs> right now. And he's right. like, I got a 100, man. I'm never playing my card. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, when you, and, and when you do get it right, it feels awesome. Like, how yeah. did we know? And then it's one of those games, too. It's like, man, it's so easy. And it's like, man, how come I couldn't have thought of that game? But it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's literally a deck of cards, one to one hundred. That's it. Yeah, I know. I wish I would have thought of that game because the game is <laughs> awesome. But Good yeah, uh, the mind twelve ninety nine, really cheap, cheaper than the crew. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not, not, as, not as fun as the crew. I think it's just as fun as the crew. Code, you got one more. One more. All right. Well, I'm gonna skip ahead of you then. Okay. okay. So I'm not talking for the last half hour of the show. I'm gonna go even cheaper than the mind. Oh, All right, no. you really you really ticked me off. I'm going twelve dollars <laughs> exactly. Oh no! And I'm going to go with a, a a small deck of card game, two to eight players. Sushi Go. 
Uh, so Not Sushi Go Party. Sushi Go Party is a one. bigger game, but Sushi Go is a card drafting game, which if you don't know what card drafting is, you have a hand of seven or eight cards. You pick a card you want, you set it in front of you, you pass that entire rest of the hand to the next person. And you do that till all seven cards are down. So in Sushi Go, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get combos of cards. Like maybe you're trying to get the Sushimi, which if you get three of them, they're worth 10 points at the end of the game. And you're trying to build these kind of decks of uh, decks of uh, cards, not decks, but these hands where, hey, you're getting points for them. You're building up, you know, this little sushi thing that uh, gets you a lot of points. Real fun, very simple, um, lighthearted. Um, and for 12 bucks, I think even if you're a veteran gamer, you should get it because it's a, it's a nice little game to pull out and play. Just wanted to yeah, get a quick sure. one it's, on that. For sure. I think right, Joey, um, too. Joey has one more. Yeah. yeah, I have one more. How many games you got, Corey, left? Uh, two. All right, so. Two left? All right, I'll, this guy you, would keep, keep, keep. You guys, you guys go ahead. You guys go ahead. I'll, uh, I'll you do my two right in a row. I can yeah, go go, let Joey go, then you go, and then I'll All go right. two. All right. My last game is fifty nine ninety five. Big boy. Big boy. I picked pretty big games in this I know, list. I know. Um, it's set collection, tile placement, worker placement. Any guesses? Got, One to four it's players? Got, it's got everything. Um, it was said before, but it wasn't on anybody's list. Oh, yeah. It's Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur Island. Dinosaur Island, baby. Um, Dinosaur Island is basically players go around collecting DNA strands to collect sets to create dinosaurs. Dino DNA. <laughs> <laughs> and they try to make the most thrilling park of out of everybody else and score the most points. Um, there are tons of aspects to this game. You have to worry about working up your DNA to create more and better dinosaurs. We we'll also have to worry about the space in your park so you can have a bigger attendance to earn more points. You also have to worry about the security of your part because if there's more teeth in your fence, your visitors are going to get eight and you're losing <laughs> points. <laughs> Tons of cards and tiles to buy to help boost your park. If you um, like Dinky and you like dinosaurs, this is the park for the game for you. A little I mean, bit it's, of, uh, it's, it's Jurassic Park the game, right? Yeah. Well, it's, sure. like the, it's like the management part of Jurassic Park. You're hiring employees. You're putting out uh, stands in your park. You're building up dinosaurs. It's a it's a fun game with, like, what did you say it was? Worker placement, tile placement. I wouldn't even dice say drafting. It. Yeah, it has everything. I don't, it I don't really it, has. It, yeah, it has, it has like placement. Three or four I don't different... even see worker placement that much in that game. Well, it's just one of the sections of it, and each yeah, section I don't consider is it like a little piece. Yeah, it's not its main thing at all, but each section is is fun, which is I think is key. Yeah, another thing, just a whole bunch of different sections to it. Sorry, Cole, go ahead. Another thing I like about the game is you can kind of choose how long the game is because you can pick cards from short game, medium game, or long game. So, you know, if you want to get in a quick game, you can pick, you know, the quick set of cards or you can go to the long set of cards if you want a longer game. So, which is kind of nice. That way, you know, you're not at a specific time each time. So Yeah, for sure. I like it because it's just... It, there's just so much to the game. You can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want. And then it's just like, I love the aspect of building my park and then making dinosaurs. That's just 
nothing's better than when you build that T-Rex. Even if you lose the game, you're like, man, I lost the game, but I still built the T-Rex. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> right. Right. And then another cool part about it is, you, yeah, you get these visitors, visitors in your park, but it's kind of random because they're all in a bag. you got a bunch of yellow uh, meeples in the bag, and then you got a few pink meeples in the bag. So you randomly draw which visitors are going to go to your park. And if it's a yellow meeple, they go right into your park. But if it's a pink meeple, which is a hooligan, they jump ahead and they take points away from you. So it's kind of, you know, you're drawing four visitors. So, and the hooligans don't get eaten by your dinosaurs if there's visitors in your park. So, darn, a little bit of luck hooligans. in the game. But it's, not, it's hilarious when someone's drawing and they draw the pink meeple. Because yeah. then they get screwed out their, their points. <laughs> them right, there's so, there's so few of them in the bag. Like, when you draw it, it just feels, like, devastating. Like, come on. There's a hundred yellows in there. A hundred yellows or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Five pink, and it's like, man, I just drew a hooligan. <laughs> come like on, hooligan. Difference, but, yeah, it's a good game. Yep, I would recommend that one, too. Yeah, if you like dinosaurs, this is the game for you, for sure. I love it. I love this game. All right. All right, Code. My last game, uh, it's $60, um, three to five players, um, yeah, it is, uh, it was, game. it was on my favorite games list of all time at some point, it's Cosmic Encounter. Cosmic Encounter. I say you can't have that on, can't have a list without that on there. That's right. Um. This game is awesome. Let me just start with that. Uh, it's really cool because at the beginning of the game, you're giving you're given a choice of an alien. You get dealt out two aliens, and every alien has a different power, which help you throughout the game win the game. Um, basically, you pick the one alien, and then you got five home planets on your board, and each of them have four ships on there. So the goal of the game is to take over five foreign planets throughout the game. It can be from two from one person, one from another person, and so on and so forth. Um, the, you also get a hand of cards. Is it eight, I think? You get dealt a hand of eight cards. And then um, determining how you fight is you, get, you flip a random card. It may say you're fighting the blue player this turn. So whoever the blue player is, you got to invade that player for this turn. Um, so you put how many ships you want to send to their planet, and then um, you engage in battle. Now, the cool part is there's negotiation cards. So if you don't really want to fight this guy, you can say, hey, you want to negotiate. Now, you can negotiate, you know, planet for planet. You can negotiate cards. You can just, you know, help each other out. But the guy, if he's feeling mean, you can say, hey, let's negotiate. And then he'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll negotiate. So then you both put your cards face down, you flip them up, and then, you know, he can screw you over. You could place a negotiation card, he can place an attack card. Now, if you're both going to fight, you both put down face down cards, and then whoever has the higher cards additional with your ships is the winner. So you invade their planet. But the best part of the game, like I said, is the alien powers. All the alien powers are so different, and they add a different aspect to the game. One one of the alien powers may say um, have you know all your ships in the in the warp, which is the discard where your ships go when they lose. And it may say once you do that, you win the game. 
Um, they just add so many different aspects or, you know, times your card by four or flip the number around. Say you have a 30 or a three, those numbers will be flipped. Now your attack power is a three instead of a 30. So they just change the game so much. And uh, that's the funnest part about the game is the alien powers to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Alien powers are awesome. Uh, what was the one I was thinking of? I love the one where you kind of have to gamble. Like, uh, you have the other person gamble. Like, hey, I said a number that I sat down. Am I telling the truth or not? And I think, like, you almost win the battle if he gets it wrong or something like that. Or your card doubles, which is awesome. Um, alien powers, like I said, there's or like you said, there's, like, 90 of them or something. All of them totally unique. They break the rules of the game. They change the game. And even if you get a super powerful one, the other people know that and, like, you're enemy number one. So even if you have a super powerful card, now you're the one being targeted the whole game, which is cool. Right. And then there's also other cards in the game, like, that can help you get your ships out of the warp and all that. So there's just plenty of different cards that you can get um, that will help you throughout the game as well. And it's kind of, if you want to team up with someone, you can kind of team up, you know, be like, hey, planet for planet and blah, blah, blah. So two players can actually win the game at the same time if they help each other out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's also a card that, which I think is really your favorite, is the, it's called the Filch, where you can yeah. cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose. You can just cheat at the game. It's amazing. You can take ships out of the warp. If you don't get caught, then you can cheat. So right, right. don't think you did it before without anyone catching up, catching you. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty impressive. So, but yeah. Cosmic Encounter, great game. It was on top, my top of my favorite games list for a long time. All right. Yeah, for um, sure. It's, for sure. I like it. All right. We're running kind of long. I'm going to take this last one. You guys are done, right? Yep. Yep. I got two more. I'm going to be really quick. Uh, so you want to start a board gaming collection. Did you like Risk growing up? Did you hate how it took three hours? Did you hate how you were dependent on dice? Do you want to feel salty? Do you want to feel salty <laughs> after your cousin chooses you to come in third place instead of second? If you do, you want to play Kemet. Kemet costs $70, but in my opinion, it, it is the finest war game, like an arena a game that you can find. Um, if you've played Risk, it's, it's pretty reminiscent of that. Um, you have an army, and you want to fight other armies. And when you fight other armies, you get points. Um, you get eight points in this game, and you win the game. So what separates it from risk? Like I said, you don't use dice to actually roll and see who wins. What you're doing is you have a hand of cards, and everyone has that same hand, and you play a card. And you can um, add up your warriors, and whoever has the higher score wins. But there's a couple things you can do. Um... You can also get these other powers in the game. Red power, blue power, white power. Mm, yeah, that doesn't sound good. But white power. Uh, and each of them are used for something else. Um, red power is used more for combat. So you can buy a card that lets you, say, have one extra combat in the, next, in the battles coming up. You might have a blue card that says, hey, you have more defense. Or a white card that just lets you have more abilities in general throughout the game. Um, it also has these big monsters that you can own, which you can add to your armies, which really change the game. Uh, Scorpion might let you move a little further. It can give your army a little bit more battle tactics, um, battle strength. Um, Kemet's just fun. It doesn't have the thing like Risk has where if a player is across the board, 
it's going to take half a game to get to them. Everybody in this game is within two spots of you because you can use these obelisks to travel to different spots on the board. And that makes the game just very tense because even if you think you're in a safe spot, a bigger army can come within a turn because they can move that far. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to battle because that's how you win. You've got to win eight battles. The first person to get eight tokens wins the game. Every time you win an offensive battle, you get a token. So it really... Um, you don't want to just sit back and let your army grow. You really want to go out there and fight. And I just think it's just one of the best fighting games in the world. Um, it's very quick and hour long. All these powers are awesome. Uh, yeah, by Kemet. You guys have anything to say on Kemet? I mean, actually, uh, you don't have to fight every time, do you? Can't you kind of just lay back and you can get there's certain ways to not have to. I mean, you're going to have to fight eventually, but. There's certain ways not just battle the whole game and still win the game. I think. Right? Um, no? My player, if, my if you're, if you, you can place guys. Um, yeah, there I mean there's different ways you can definitely win the game. Like, but but here's the thing. If you're not battling, someone's gonna be battling you. Yeah. I think. Unless, unless you're you might, really unless you have a strong guy in your forces, then you're good. But then you but then you, wanna, but then you wanna but then you wanna fight. I, yeah, I got you. because I got you. Like, that's, like, the game always pushes you towards battles. Like, yeah, you're not going to be battling every single turn. Like, the first couple of turns, you might want to build up an army a little bit. But yeah. battling is how you win in this game. It's not good to just build up forces and have a good defense. Like, you you need to win those battles because there's only, if you win eight battles or, and there's other ways to score points, but battling is the main way. But there's other ways to score. If you're not battling and winning battles, uh, you're going to have a hard time winning this game. Right. Yeah. And the with the part, the game, the reason I like this game better than Risk as well is the game is always pushing towards the end of the game. It's not like, you know, two hours or, you know, like an hour's in and, you know, yeah. no one's winning. Like this game is always, you're always closer to winning each round. So it, it won't go on forever because sooner or later it's just going to happen. Just It's going to be the end of the game because. Well, yeah, because people like hold these temples. And when you hold these temples, you get automatic points for them. Right. So every turn, you're going to get a point. Um, so you got to stop them. You got to battle. I would think another cool part of it is how you select what actions you're going to do. There's like this pyramid in front of you, and you have, I think, five actions. And you got to choose an action from each level of the pyramid. So you might not get to do what you exactly want on your turn. You have a little bit of strategy of what you want to do. I don't know. I think it's a great fighting game. Uh it's a really good-looking game. You know, not the best with the minis, but a game I think you should definitely buy. Yeah, and the, and the cards are cool, too, because, um, you know, there's cards that help you attack. There's cards that keep your guys alive, and there's cards that kill the guys totally. Um, so you got to be kind of strategic on which card you're playing at what point. You yeah, know? when you're attacking. Yep. Because yeah. you don't get that card back until you use all your cards. So if you use a strong one at the beginning, all your opponents know this guy does not have the card that does four damage. So he's weak. He's weak. He's, he's weak. Attack him. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and then very quickly, I was at $237 with Kemet. Um, so I'm picking a $15 game. If you guys can do the math on that. That is two fifty two. Oh, that is no. that is cheating. Over budget, but it, is, but it is also my podcast, so I don't care. I am okay. picking Star Realms. Star Realms is a deck building uh, battle game where you have a hand of cards and you use that cards 
to buy stronger cards that go back into your deck, and then you're battling with your opponent. Like I said, I just want to make this real quick. Fun little tiny game you can buy. I don't own it. I own Hero Realms, which is the same thing, but it was $5 more, so I'm going cheaper. Buy Star Realms. Nice little deck-building game. Fair? I agree. Yeah, There's a lot for sure. Okay. I know I went over, over budget. budget. All right, so let me just go over my list real quick. I went with The Crew for 15, Century Golem for 40, Deception for 40, Downforce for 40, Twice as Clever for 20, Sushi Go for 12, Kemet for 70, Star Realms for 15, 252, eight games. Great way to start your board game collection. Very, yeah. very varied um, cheap. fun games. Cheap, cheap. I went cheap. cheap. Only, like, only like three of those actually have boards, but that's okay. Or two of them, I think. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no. Two of, them. two of them have boards. You want to go over yours real quick, Joe? Yeah. Um, I went for Secret Hitler, $35. Western Legends, $68. One Night Werewolf, $24.99. Parks, $49.99. The Mind, $12.99. And Dinosaur Island, $59.95, which my, with my total being at $250.92. So I went over a little bit too. Oh, 92 cents. I can I can go in my cage jar and get that. I'm the only one who followed the rules. All right. Uh I got Zolkin for 60, Super Fight for I think 30, uh Cosmic <laughs> Encounters for 60, the resistance for 20, and I found Western Lessons for 75. So you got a discount somewhere along the line. But yeah, I, uh, I looked it up. I only saw it for 75 as well. So Joey really cheap. Amazon, I see it for 68 and 63. And I yeah, made the guy one. From a private seller named Bill Murray. <laughs> and I and I found Dinosaur Island for $50 on sale. I was going to put that on there and I'm going to have a better game. Oh. <laughs> I'm the only one to follow the rules. My total was $245. <laughs> All right, Should have well, picked cards Cody, or something. You were the only one to follow the rules. I will let you start off final thoughts. Before that, I just want to thank both of you guys for doing this. I had a real fun time. Love board games. Glad you guys yeah, did this. It was really fun. Really fun. All right. Uh, my final thoughts is, first, Joe, I would like to thank you for asking me to stand up in your wedding. I appreciate oh, it. It's I'm getting married? Huh? <laughs> I'm getting married? You're getting know. married next year. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. All right, I appreciate that. And then also, um, we do a board game tournament, me, Corey, and Joey. And I'm on the brink of winning. So if I win, those two got to buy me a board game. So I'm just asking the audience, which board game would you guys recommend buying for me to buy? <laughs> yeah, you ain't going to win, though. So. All right, Joe, you got some final thoughts, buddy? Um, I guess my final thoughts would be this was really fun. If you guys could leave a comment or like, and if you like, say if you like this, Type of board um, podcast. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Maybe we could do some more. I would love to do some more. I like I um, prepped for like two weeks on this on this stuff, <laughs> and I was I was pumped today, man. I was ready to go. All right, all right, nice. All right, so my final thoughts are very simple. Um, I love playing board games. I really do. I think they provide something that video games don't necessarily hit. Um, board games allow me to play these types of games with. You guys, uh, my wife, my mom, my in-laws, Kim and Ted, uh, Brady, Matt, Uncle Ron, uh, Joe, your fiance Terry. Like 
it brings so many people together that, you know, video games, I love them. That's my number one passion. But I can't play video games with all these people all the time. Uh, some some things just don't work. With board games, there's, there's literally a game for everybody. If you like to laugh, you can play a game like that. If you want to just strategize the heck out of a game, there's games like that. Um, find one you like um, and try it out. You know, we started off with Fury of Dracula. That game was intense. It had a ton of rules. But... We got into it, and that's what kind of started this love of board gaming, which we've had for five years now, six years, something like that. Um, so. Yeah, man, I just I love playing, and I hope if you've listened this far, that you at least give one of these games a try. But uh, yeah, man, thank you guys for being on this episode, this level. Like I said, I had a great time. Um, yeah. yeah, so thank you. you. Guys can say goodbye. All right. See you later. It was fun. All right, that is it. For the So You'll Want to Start a Board Game Collection bonus level of the Thoughts and Players podcast. If you liked with you what you heard, please subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast service. Jeremy should be starting the music right about now, which I think is cool. You can like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash thoughts and players, as well as on Instagram at thoughts.players. Thanks again, everyone. Bye-bye.